The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. A portion of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I like to fudge a little bit sometimes and have a prelude to the sermon, a bit of fudging tonight, a prelude. Um, The the Book of Common Prayer, that book you have in your hands this evening, uh, has these two really glorious purposes. And one is for praising God, thanksgiving for what He does, and adoration for who He is. And there's a second wonderful purpose of our prayer book, It is for teaching us good theology. I've mentioned that on recent Sundays as well. Simply a reminder and an encouragement for all of us. If we listen, listen to the words we are saying, listen to the words of the prayer book week in and week out, we will grow in our wisdom and in our knowledge of the Lord. Recitation aloud. It's an old-fashioned, effective way of learning And we know we are getting good gospel truth from this prayer book. It's really the great power of liturgy. And it's one of the cards in our Anglican stack or deck of cards. It's way up at the top. It's it's like our ace card or one of our ace cards that we play. Is this wonderful rich liturgy that we enjoy on Sunday. And we enjoy on something like a wet ash Wednesday. So... Uh, The Bible readings tonight, powerful, deep, profound. Added to the prayer book liturgy of this evening already and more to come. 
I love this new prayer that's been added at the end of our litany today. Uh, you will hear it from the prayer book for the first time, I believe. It will go like this. O Lord our God, grant us grace to desire you with our whole heart, that desiring you we may seek you, and that seeking you we may find you, and that finding you we may love you, and that loving you we may hate those sins from which you have delivered us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Potent prayer at the end of the litany. A teaching prayer at the end of the litany. Well, the prelude finished somewhere in there, and we're moving forward. From the Version website today about Ash Wednesday, uh, they wrote, This is the basic purpose of Lent, to create space in the middle of life's responsibilities to appreciate what has always been there, God's presence. And it went on to say, while Lent does include personal sacrifice, the goal of this time isn't to better your life, but to center your life on what matters most, the one who made you and died for you. And I would add, then he will also improve our lives, make our lives better as we walk closer beside him. I believe this speaks to the movement, literally the movement, we all must make throughout our lives. We once were lost, but now we're found. We once were blind, but now we see. Therefore, movement begins and movement continues through the whole of our lives. Conversion to faith in Jesus Christ leads us on a path of conversions as our faith and spiritual maturity deepens and as healing, inner healing especially, happens. I believe these ashes we will see today on Ash Wednesday most remind me personally that I am going to die. They're a reminder of mortality, but it can get awfully personal when I think of it that way. I am going to die. That's really kind of hard to believe. Uh, kind of, we don't think about that often, but um, I am going to die. I am dust, and to dust I will return. Which brings me to a very important personal question. What am I doing with my life since I only have one life to live here on earth? There is this arduous work of following Jesus. Yes, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but trying to help him to repair the damage of our souls, that is arduous work. It is a lifetime quest, a lifetime journey of restoration, healing, a journey towards wholeness. I do love the prayer from Gert Bahana, the last two lines being, Lord, I ain't what I'm going to be. But thanks, Lord, I ain't what I used to be. In a sense, we have bad news before the good news in the gospel story. And for us personally, we need to face Lent and Holy Week in order to joyfully experience Easter and Pentecost. What I'd like to offer this evening, and I think I can do it fairly briefly, are simply five blessings of Lent, this arduous journey this discipline that we undertake, whatever it is in terms of prayer, fasting, self-examination, repentance, uh, the ultimate fruit of that is blessing for us.
Blessing one, Lent teaches us that the will is very willful. I decide to fast every Wednesday or every Friday of Lent, perhaps. Just 24 hours from Friday morning to Saturday morning or Wednesday morning to Thursday morning. I immediately am tempted to eat something and I get irritable as the hours go by. My mind tells me I'm hungry, but I'm really fine, just spoiled with indulging. If we press into this, there's a blessing. We develop muscle tone for our will, and we discover that we can celebrate the newfound discipline of better governing our lives. And if it's about fasting, it will be not only in the area of how we eat and how much we eat or whether we indulge, but we acquire spiritual muscle for managing our will in other areas of our lives too. Blessing number one. Blessing number two. Lent goes against the grain of our extraordinary affluence. I'm talking about all of us. I don't believe there's an exception in this room. I certainly include Ellen and, and I, um, a parish priest and a school teacher and guidance counselor, and yet we enjoy extraordinary lives of affluence as Americans. Lent goes against the grain of extraordinary influence. Affluence gives us comforts. Affluence offers us a life of ease. Affluence gives us freedom and flexibility. Affluence makes us begin to think, I can do life without God's help. Affluence gives us the illusion of independence, not needing God, not needing to give God my time and attention. Money buys me what I need. Lent reminds me there is more to life than comfort and ease. Lent reminds us that life in Christ is a journey of growth, restoration, healing, cleansing, in order that we can be more useful for kingdom purposes. It's not about us, our affluence. It's about others. Blessing number three of Lent. In Lent, we learn that how much we invest in something will determine how much reward we will receive, how much return we will get on our investment. If we put a lot of intentional discipline into this Lent, we receive blessings and rewards at the end of the 40 days and beyond. If we ignore this opportunity for self-examination, which most of our culture does, and even many of our church faithful ignore, then little comes out of the 40-day journey. What we put into it determines proportionately what we get out of it. Blessing number four. Lent is a tremendous opportunity for growth from the inside out. My favorite sin word, and the one most used in the New Testament over 200 times, is hamartia. Harmartia. It's an archery term. It means missing the bullseye with your arrow. It means missing the mark. What a powerful word to describe sin when we are missing the point of our life, missing the point of our relationship to our wife, 
or husband in our marriage, missing the point of how we are to be in relationship and love our children, missing the point about how we handle our finances, on and on. Hamartia is an archery term. We're missing the point, and that is a word that is translated sin over 200 times when we read Scripture. My second favorite sin word in the New Testament is parabasis. It means trespass. We cross over our lines, over our line. We're out of bounds. Lent is a time to look at ourselves and our behavior. Am I actually playing out of the legal bounds, the legitimate boundaries of my life? Does what I do hurt others, cause offense? Does what I do hurt myself? Does what I do dishonor the Lord and I need to stop? A fifth blessing of Lent, blessing number five. In Lent, we sacrifice a little to honor the Lord. And we find out even a little is difficult. I'm thinking about the giving up portion of Lent, the fasting side of Lent, the um, taking on more of Lent. It's difficult, it's hard, it's uncomfortable. I think particularly the giving ups, if they're serious giving ups. And this causes us to appreciate the Lord Jesus and his extreme sacrifice for us all the more. It's hard for me even to have a day or more of fasting and look what the Lord endured those last 48 hours of his life. Lent enables us to fall in love with Jesus again. We sense his great love for us in his sacrifice of all and everything. And we want more of him in our lives, more of his love, more of his power, more of him in our lives. Our Ash Wednesday liturgy tonight gives us a lot of priming of the pump. I love that image. I remember as a child, an old hand pump we had over a well at our family house at Edisto. And you had to put water into it before you could get water out of it. Great image for how we deal with Lent. What we put into it, we get out of it. I'd like to end this sermon on this note. Uh, I know I'm dating myself and perhaps, well, not perhaps, dating some of you as well. When I say, do you remember the Kingston Trio? Get a few nods, right? Oh, yeah. Kingston Trio, and their ballad, Desert Pete. I love this ballad. It's a bit long, but I think it's worth tackling the entire song. Somebody chastised me at the earlier service today, not for, um, not for the length of it, but uh, for not singing it. And I said, no way, no way. Desert Pete. I was traveling west of Buckskin on my way to a cattle run. Across a little cactus desert under a hot, blistering sun. I was thirsty down to my toenails, stopped to rest me on a stump. But I tell you, I just couldn't believe it when I saw that water pump. I took it to be a mirage at first, ill fool a thirsty man. Then I saw a note stuck in a bacon powder can. This pump is old, the note began, but she worked, so give her a try. I put a new sucker washer in her, you may find the leather dry. You've got to prime the pump, you must have faith and believe. You've got to give of yourself, for you're worthy to receive. 
Drink all the water you can hold. Wash your face. Cool your feet. Leave the bottle full for others. Thank you kindly, Desert Pete. Yeah, you'll have to prime the pump. Work that handle like there's a fire. Under that rock, you'll find some water I left in a bitters jar. Now there's just enough to prime it, to prime it with, so don't you go drinking first. You just pour it in and pump like mad. Buddy, you'll quench your thirst. You've got to prime the pump. You must have faith and believe. You've got to give of yourself for you're worthy to receive. Drink all the water you can hold. Wash your face. Cool your feet. Leave the bottle full for others. Thank you kindly, Desert Pete. Well, I found that jar, and I tell you, nothing was ever prettier to my eye. And I was tempted strong to drink it, because that pump looked mighty dry. But the note went on, have faith, my friend, there's water down below. You've got to give until you get. I'm the one who ought to know. So I poured in the jar, and I started pumping, and I heard a beautiful sound of water bubbling and splashing up out of that hole in the ground. I took off my shoes, and I drunk my fill of that cool, refreshing treat. I thank the Lord, and I thank the pump, and I thank old Desert Pete. You've got to prime the pump. You must have faith and believe. You've got to give of yourself, for you're worthy to receive. Drink all the water you can hold. Wash your face, cool your feet. Leave the bottle full for others. Thank you kindly, Desert Pete. What we put into our 40 days spiritual journey is directly proportional to what we get out of our 40 days spiritual journey. There are many blessings ahead of us and there are rewards for the diligent. We have 40 days, get ready, get set, go.